Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Although we might hold the idea that we're stuck carrying certain conditions like excess weight or carrying certain habits or patterns, my guest today has got a different idea. David Krantz brings tools and insights that can change the way we think about releasing and recalibrating for better health. He believes that in analyzing our DNA, we can get valuable information that we can then use to change habits that hold us back. Are you ready to meet him? A biohacker by training and an artist by nature, David Krantz is a certified epigenetic coach specializing in the areas of individualized genetic-based nutrition and peak mental performance for creative professionals. An expert in the pharmacogenetics of the endocannabinoid system, David is best known for developing a proprietary genetic test that helps people understand their unique and individual response to cannabinoids. Find out more about David and his work at david-krantz.com. Um, David, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thanks, Karen. It's really good to be here. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad you're here. Okay, so I need to know what is epigenetics? Absolutely. So epigenetics is the study of how genes change their expression over time in response to different stimuli from the environment. And when I say environment, I can I mean everything. I mean the food that you eat, the stress that you experience, the air you breathe. Your body is constantly dynamically responding to all of these different factors that you interact with on a day-to-day basis and actually shifting the way that your genes code for proteins or all of the little parts that make you you, all of your biochemistry is constantly in this dance with the environment around it. And the system called epigenetics, which we really only discovered in the past, you know, I'd say 20 to 30 years has been kind of when we really started to understand this. So it's very new, um, has really given this understanding that even though we're all born with a specific genetic code that doesn't change over our lifetime, our DNA is not necessarily our destiny because there's this other control layer that sits on top of it and really allows us to dynamically respond and change to the environment. So like you said in, our, in the initial intro there, um, you know, a lot of people have this idea that they're going to inherit their family illness or inherit these patterns. And it's true to a degree, yet at the same time, the, the science really shows us that we actually do have more control over what expresses and what shows up in our life than we initially thought. Well, looking at it from from my side, which is kind of like the wacky energetic side of things, to me, that's a reminder that there is always more going on than what we think we can see with our eyes or discover through science. Or there's always more beneath the surface. There's always more light and more life. There's always there's always the possibility for change. And so if I'm understanding you correctly, I think what you're saying is that even if I take one of those genetic tests that say I have gene XK79, which means I will always, I don't know, fall asleep at 3 p.m., that I can change that, right? That I'm not, that that's interesting information, but not something that I have to be married to. Is that right? Uh, for most things, yes. Some things are a little more fixed than others, but 
for the most part, almost everything um, has really been shown to have some type of modification variable element there. And it, the the what, the beautiful thing about epigenetics is it also really connects the mental layers of the body, the emotional layers of the body, the energetic layers of the body to the physical. And so I think that in the coming years, people that really start to understand this are going to become much more open to what you've termed, you know, the wacky energetic side of things, because it actually explains, it can explain a lot of the, you know, miraculous healings and things that, um, you know, just can't really be explained by kind of the traditional medical model, but it's largely because the medical, traditional Western medical model has not absorbed this yet. It has not incorporated epigenetics into the way that it understands the body. This is still something that's very much, um, you know, done at university research centers. And, you know, you're starting to see some uh, epigenetic treatments and things make their way in um, to, you know, uh, fields with a lot of money behind them, like cancer research and that type of thing. But it's still a very um, new understanding of the way the body works. And it, um, it really does give a lot of credibility, not that um, I think that it necessarily needs it beyond the, you know, uh, experiences and, and benefits that people get from it. But from a scientific perspective, it actually does give a bit more of an understanding on the physical uh, in terms of how, you know, the energetic shows up and manifests. And so when we're looking at individuals, when we're looking at that, um, here I am, this specific person, here's my life, here are the things that I'm concerned about or that I'm struggling with, how can understanding more about my DNA help me live a better life? Sure. Well, I'm sure you've heard the, you know, the term nature versus nurture before, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So this is, you know, been the argument in biology and science, in psychology and all these different fields that study, you know, humans and, and animals. And, and is it the genes that you're born with or is it, um, you know, what happens to you in your environment that shapes your health and your personality and all of these different things. And it's, there's a very clear answer now that's both, right? It's, it's not just one or the other. And it's actually the interaction between your genes and the environment that create your health condition right now. Um, and so for someone as an individual who's interested in saying, and, you know, I want to optimize my health or I'm, I've been struggling with this particular condition for a long time and I haven't gotten, um, you know, any relief through traditional means. Um, actually looking at some of the deeper layers of the DNA and genetics can help you understand how you might respond epigenetically to different things. So say, for example, um, person A um, eats a, di a diet that's very high in saturated fat and, you know, does really well on a keto type program. Uh, person B, on the other hand, um, you know, actually gains a lot of weight and starts to develop inflammation. Well, there's certain genes that have been identified that can actually contribute to those two different responses. And those are epigenetic responses. Either someone responds well to this environmental signal, the, the high saturated fat or poorly. And, um, so, you know, just by understanding how you're wired a bit better at these deeper levels, you can selectively choose um, certain lifestyle factors, lifestyle uh, habits and um, nutrition, anything like that, that can really go into making your genes expressed to the, uh, to the best possible way. And I think that most people could benefit from having a little bit more understanding of, you know, how 
they're likely to respond to these things and, and make some more um, calculated and strategic choices rather than just guessing. You know, I see that's where it's very helpful and beneficial is really getting more of an objective understanding of the way that your body is wired and, and how you're likely to respond to you know, certain nutrients or certain practices. So how do we gain that specific scientific understanding? What is the process through which we can learn about how, how we're coded and how that can change? How do you analyze people's DNA. This suggests to me, because again, theater major with the wacky energetic background, there's a secret lab and a machine with sparks coming out of it. And then like, how do you, so how, how does this work? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you kind of two places to, to come in at this from. Um, the first one is going to be kind of generally how to science study this stuff. And then two, I'll give you, um, you know, understanding how I work with my clients and help them understand this stuff. So like I was mentioning, say there's person A that responds one way to saturated fat and person B responds another way. Um, there have been hundreds of thousands of studies on looking at these specific genetic variants and comparing a group of people that have one response to another response. There's all kinds of different um, factors and specific things they've looked at, the way you process certain uh, vitamins or the way that you might respond to certain types of exercise or whether you're likely to have short twitch or fast twitch muscles, which might, um, you know, predispose you to be better at sprinting versus endurance type stuff. And, you know, that might not be so useful on its own, but when you combine it with all of these different things that have been studied, it creates a pretty comprehensive picture. And that's kind of where I come in. And so I've uh, worked with some of the you know real world experts on this stuff that have taken what's been found in the scientific literature and started to apply it clinically, started to apply it with, with clients and, and see how this stuff shows up. And when someone comes to me, what I do is um, start with a genetic test, which is a simple cheek swab test that you could do at home and you send it to our lab in, in California and we're um, very careful about privacy and data ownership and making sure that you own your data and you are in full control over it. Um, but what I do is I, I look at certain clusters of genes that are related to different outcomes. So say, for example, someone wants to know, um, you know, what I lose weight on a low carb diet, or am I someone who actually needs to eat a pretty good amount of, um, you know, vegetables and complex carbohydrates? Well, there's about um, 25 or so different genetic variants that I can look at and give you kind of a score weighted in one direction or the other. You know, some people um, are going to do really well with a low carb. Some people do really well with a pretty significant amount of carbs. And some people are kind of in the middle. And you can kind of look at that for all of these different areas um, in the way that your body uh, detoxifies and metabolizes different substances, um, the way your body creates antioxidants and things that are going to be helpful for um, defending cells against stress and uh, things that are important for longevity and aging. And what you can do is you create this comprehensive picture of and kind of like a map to say, all right, in this particular part of my genome, I know that I have a gene that's associated with a little bit of reduced function with this antioxidant. Here's, you know, five or six different herbs that you could choose from that have all been studied and known to boost that particular antioxidant. Or say, I had no, I have a gene variant that predisposes me to 
um, uh, need higher vitamin A in my diet. So then you might go out and specifically focus on yellow and orange vegetables or uh, things like liver that have very high amounts of animal vitamin A. Uh, and so you can just kind of stack these things and, and, and develop this kind of comprehensive lifestyle routine that's really matched to your DNA. Does that kind of answer your question there? It does. It's fascinating because it's like fine um, knowing yourself better and then fine tuning not just what you put into your body, but I'm imagining this goes to things that are not just about food. This is going to be about the way that I metabolize anxiety and stress. It's going to be about how much I need to sleep, right? There's a lot going on here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, sleep is, is very important. Stress response is, is super important. And I think what you're getting at there, too, is, is an area that I, I really, really love in that it's not just about doing it for the sake of having good health. It's, it's really about looking at, all right, what, you know, what am I going to do if I'm experiencing less anxiety or what if I, what am I going to do if I can, you know, have a little bit extra time because I slept really well the last, you know, last night and I can actually, you know, stay up for an extra hour and read what I want to read. It's like really getting into, you know, the path, the, pur the, the purpose and passion that you take to having really good optimal health. Um, and so I, I see that, um, you know, kind of as the overarching um, motivator, I think, in a lot of this where, um, you know, having good health is great, but really, you know, how are, how are you using it to show up in your life in a way that's really aligned with who you are? You're listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with David Krantz. You can find out more about David and his work at david-krantz.com. That's D -A -V -I -D hyphen. K-R-A-N-T-Z.com, david-krantz.com. So you've noted that the way that our parents lived and our grandparents lived, their lifestyles might be affecting us now in the way that we live, in the way our bodies are. Can you speak into that a little bit? Because I'm, I'm from a family of really large people eating inappropriate food, and I don't want to carry all their choices. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. So the amazing thing about epigenetics is that they can these epigenetic marks on the genes. They're little chemical groups that get attached to your, your DNA. They can actually be passed on from generation to generation. And in animal studies and in rat studies, um, they've shown it up to 13 generations. Most studies, you know, show a minimum of seven generations. Some have shown it up to 13. And so when you look back at ancient wisdom traditions that have really said, you know, what you do now is going to affect your, you know, seven generations down the line, there is a biochemical basis for it. Wow. And there's incredible studies looking at, for example, um, children and grandchildren of Holocaust survivors, which uh, I'm actually very passionate about because my grandparents were in concentration camps. So this describes me in that um, there's a higher likelihood for mental illness and um, abnormal stress response in people that, you know, children or grandchildren of people that experience significant trauma. And there's also studies that have, um, you know, in humans looking at uh, people that experience famine. Uh, in certain peri periods in history and looking at their children and grandchildren having either higher or lower risk for obesity or diabetes or things that have to do with energy expenditure in the body. Um, and so what it really says is that when we conceive, 
our bodies are trying to do the very best they can to set up our children to exist in the best possible match for the environment that the parents are in at the time. And if you're, if you're someone who, um, you know, say, for example, is eating, um, as you said, that eats a lot of fatty foods and is overweight and, um, you know, you're going to give birth to a child that is somewhat prepared for that environment. And that can show up in a variety of ways. Um, but what it also says is that we actually have the ability to positively affect um, you know, our children and grandchildren and their children, et cetera, it, by, um, you know, shifting epigenetic changes in the positive direction. And there's just a tremendous amount of study right now going on into what are these things that, that can actually do that. And, you know, the, the typical things you'd imagine do it, you know, good exercise, um, getting lots of sun, eating healthily, which, you know, like we mentioned before, is kind of different from person to person. Um, but even something, you know, like meditation uh, has been shown to change the expression of several thousand genes in regular meditators. So, you know, it's these subtle things that you do on a daily basis that might actually not just create, you know, less stress and better uh, focus or motivation for you right now. It actually might affect the, um, you know, potential for disease or for mental health, you know, in your children and grandchildren, too. So... When we get to the, here we are on the, just on the edge of the new year. And this is the time of year when usually we make resolutions. This is the year I'm going to get it together and I'm going to go to yoga and I'm going to meditate and I'm going to learn about my body and I'm going to either lose weight or gain weight and I'm going to metabolize my stress differently. What can you tell people as we come into this kind of traditional time for resolution setting? What's the healthiest way we can do that? I think sometimes we, at least, I'll speak for myself. I make resolutions and then beat myself over the head with them for about two weeks, and then I forget and wander off and do whatever I want. So how could we make changes that last in the new year? That's a great question. And, you know, I think that's a little bit different for each person individually. But for me personally, I've found that I actually try not to put too much pressure on myself at the beginning of the year. I think actually releasing that pressure a little bit and trying to spread it out, you know, over the months ahead and almost having like many new year's resolutions at the beginning of each month or so, or at each week, mm -hmm. just choosing smaller segments to, um, you know, really trust smaller segments of time to try and implement these things or, or learn about yourself. I find it's a little bit more manageable um, just because, you know, a, a year is a big commitment and who knows if you're going to have the same motivation, you know, six months into the year, but if you break it down into smaller time chunks, it, it just gets a little bit more manageable, I've found. Mm -hmm. And if there are people who are wanting to use some of the information that they're hearing here to make their lives better, what is it that they should do? How can we get started? Yeah, so um, I would say the best thing to do is to reach out to me personally, and we can book a free 30-minute consultation. Uh, I can give you some information on exactly um, you know, the process of looking into your genes and uh, whether we'd be a good fit to work together. And if, if not, I can um, always, you know, refer you to another uh, coach or friend of mine that does something similar. Um, you know, it's always important to have a good practitioner fit. Um, but yeah, I would say to reach out and, I, I, you know, to go back to your question before too, um, having a personalized roadmap or just something that's customized and designed for you does help in terms of having the 
kind of adherence to the plan, having a little bit more motivation to know that, well, if I do the thing, I'm going to see some results rather than just kind of guessing with, you know, a, a diet that you picked out of a hat or, or your friend told you worked for them. So, you know, I, I do find that, um, and the research actually shows it too, that people that have a genetically designed plan actually stick to it a little bit better. Um, I, I do find that having that personalized element actually ends up leading to a little bit more success down the line in terms of motivation and, and having that stick to itness. Mm. No, that makes sense. And I, and I like what you're saying about kind of being open to and curious about yourself. How can I learn more about myself? How can I look at some of the things that I took for granted and see that there might be a way that I could change those or loosen them or even release them? So I like that this, what I'm hearing from you is that this all kind of is happening, yes, in scientifically, but also with a spirit of inquiry and with a kind of a feeling that we're going forward, growing forward. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that a lot of what I see in this work is um, a, a lot of this will confirm some intuitive things that you might know about yourself, knowing that you do really well when you eat avocados and nuts. Like, you know, sometimes people will, will just kind of, you know, figure that out intuitively. And most people that are tapped into their bodies will, will learn things over time. You know, maybe dairy doesn't make you feel so well. But then seeing it um, in the genes can, you know, kind of give you a sense of confirmation or you know, new things to try and experiment with and be curious about. And yeah, it's all about the spirit of inquiry. I mean, that's how I got here. Um, and I think just continuing to stay curious and really, you know, just not being satisfied with what you know right now. I think it's such a powerful way to continue to improve and just become more of who you really are. And uh, I think that having the genetic information is just another path to that to combine with whatever it is that you're doing elsewhere. And with just a couple minutes left together, can you tell the listeners where you're, tell, tell them how to find your website, but also I know you've got some good free resources available to people on that site. So can you share that information? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is david-crantz, D-A-V-I-D hyphen K-R-A-N-T-Z.com. And I have a free top 10 tips for late night creatives on there. So I specialize in working with other creative professionals. Um, my background actually was originally in music. So I'm very familiar with kind of the late night lifestyle. So I put together some tips that apply you know, for that group of people, but also just for most people. Uh, and I also have a um, free hour presentation on my site as well that goes a bit more in depth, looks at some specific genetic variants. Uh, and you can find that by clicking on the webinars tab on my website there as well. Okay, that is wonderful. David, thank you very much for being on the program and happy new year to you. You've got all your stuff sorted out, I'm sure, but happy new year to you. <laughs> happy new year to you too, Karen. It's really a pleasure to talk with you and get to uh, speak with uh, your audience and everyone that's listening to the show. Thank you so much. That is David Krantz, and you can find out more about him and his work. You can uh, check into that 30-minute consultation and get the other free information at his site at david-krantz.com. That's D-A-V-I-D-K-R-A-N-T-Z.com. A big part of the spiritual journey, it feels like to me, is being able to take charge of your own path, to make decisions based on kind of what is coming up from inside you, not from what somebody outside you is telling you 
to do, finding your own power, engaging that curiosity, and finding your own way. And sometimes a little bit of scientific inquiry, especially if you're looking into something that somebody else has told you, this is always true for you, oh, everybody. In my, I'm from a family of great big people, oh, you'll always have a weight problem, or nobody in our family has ever been able to, whatever that is. It's very empowering, and I think an important part of your journey to ask those questions. Is that really true? Or is there something different for me? Could I do it another way? You are always welcome over at KarenHager.com. That's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events and find out who's coming up next on this radio program. We've got a lot of good guests um, set up for you in the next couple months and, of course, beyond, because I'm never stopping. At KarenHager.com, if you're listening during the month of December 2019, you'll also find some details about the holiday sale. That's where you can take off 20% on gift certificate purchases or on private intuitive sessions, if you are so inclined. That's all at KarenHager.com. And if you believe, as I do, that when we do make a change, when we don't take things as they're presented to us, when we think that we can find another way, when we believe that by bringing a positive um intention that we can really make a difference in the world, I invite you to check out openpeacefulheart.com. That's a website where there's a ton of guided meditations for you to listen to and also where the first Sunday of every month we host a free 15-minute guided meditation focusing on peace in our hearts and peace in the world. The idea is that we bring people together from all over the world and we join with no selling, no yelling, no politics, no nothing like that. We just come together to focus on peace. Get more information about that at openpeacefulheart.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.